Hello! And welcome to the Midas Touches. I'm your host, Chris Tusa, and this is Charlie Bradford. Welcome back to a brand new studio for another episode of the Midas Touches. We're back. It feels very, very strange to be doing this podcast in a completely different part of London. Charlie, welcome. How are we? A big weekend of racing ahead of us. How are we? Hey, mate. Yeah, all good, thanks. Big, big weekend. First recording in the new place. Very exciting. It feels quite echoey. So I don't know if that if that's coming off on the on the recording. I hope not. No, I, I I think it'll be okay. I think it'll be okay. We've just gotta gotta move on. We've got to get used to the new place. We've moved out of the old one and we're leaving behind any losers that we used to have. And <laughs> just we are going we're gonna walk into quite simply just winners in the new place. It is quite echoey though, I do agree. Uh <laughs> But we are looking ahead this weekend to a big weekend of racing. We're getting excited about Cheltenham. We're almost there. We've waited for about eight months now. We're into January, end of January, almost February. And no, we've waited about 10 months now. Yeah. Uh, and we're almost there. We actually can announce now the exciting news that we're going to be doing a stable tour over at Nicky Henderson's yard we're heading over there in the middle of february uh we're not going to tell you exactly when because you will follow us down the road i would have thought and uh try and get autographs with us that's what most people try and do um but stay tuned for that we're going to be posting the video of that on youtube um there'll also be lots of clips on social media and we'll probably do a podcast summing up our thoughts from the weekend but without further ado Let's talk about the racing this weekend. Cheltenham, this is a big trials weekend. Going to be a a good few signs, although clearly not all of the Irish horses are turning up, but there are a couple. Lossie's Mouth is definitely a headline act for Mullins. Who are you most excited about seeing this weekend? Lossie's Mouth's got to be out there, I guess. It's an interesting one. John Bourne, another sort of a horse that's been very very impressive so far this season uh he goes in the clarence house i think he'll be interesting he's short odds but it'll be good to see him continue to progress he's raced quite a lot already this season it's been good to see him uh the rearranged clarence house of course it's an interesting dynamic seeing a couple of willies come over for these races where he wouldn't usually or the irish wouldn't usually have runners so that that gives a bit of added interest. We're looking at the cleave. Um, was it the cleave? No. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it just it just looked like a it looked like a good renewal, and it's positive to to to, to see that. So yeah, I I was actually I was at Cheltenham for January for New Year's Day. I was there, got that sort of that tingling feeling, being back in the Guinness Village. It's a tingly place, isn't yeah. it, Cheltenham? I was um I was basically doing dry January, so uh you know stayed off the Guinness mostly, but it was brilliant to be back and yeah just just 
really excited it's not long now until until march so a lot to look forward to and obviously like you know we're out of the depths of winter now which can only be a good thing as well yeah it's weird that it feels like it's been seriously cold for the last couple of weeks but actually the last couple of days here in london have been pretty mild which means that we for the first time in a while have good to soft ground uh the going at cheltenham weather looks like it's gonna be okay tomorrow nine degrees sunny at cheltenham saturday uh nine degrees sunny intervals bit of wind which will dry out even more so i think by the time we race on saturday we could be looking at um you know definitely good to soft maybe even good ground so it's going to be proper proper um almost spring round really for the for the horses coming in here which is going to be interesting we're looking first at the 1205 the triumph trial burdett road has been impressive in his first two starts over hurdles with two wins, 11 to 10 favorite here, uh, but followed in his footsteps closely as Sir Gino at 13 to eight for the Henderson Yard, who liked this race a lot. Um, we're clearly going to be fans of Henderson because we're going to his yard next month. Milan Tinto, nine to one, Accelero, 14s. Le Fauve is 33s, Cosmic Soul, 100s, and Ellerton. Uh, is also bringing the rear about a hundred to one mark. How do you see this one playing out? Yeah, well, I can tell you one thing. I think the British trainers be happy not to see any Irish horses in this year. The Irish have had a very strong record in this race last few years. Three of the last four winners were from across the Irish Sea. So yeah, I think the the likes of Nicky Henderson will be happy to see none of them. Um, sticking their noses in it, uh, at least for now. Um, we got the top two in the market for the Triumph here. Uh, obviously, it's a Triumph trial, so it's good to see. And uh, both horses look look very talented. Burdette Road was a was a very good winner last time out. Uh, we actually gave him an honourable mention on the podcast before that race. He was, of course, a, a Royal Ascot winner. So a bit of added interest there. Um you mentioned that that we may side towards the Henderson runner. That's exactly what I've chosen to do here. P- prior to that Irish dominance, Nicky Henderson actually had a, a very good record in in the race. He he won four renewals of this between 2013 and 2018. Now this horse Sergino is actually really interesting. We we had a good look before. We're quite willing to take on Burdett Road despite the the impressive performance last time. I'm not sure that the depth of that race was quite there in terms of the the the, the form, the future form. So just looking at Sergino, he was a a listed hurdle winner and a toy um, before being picked up by the Donnellys um, and sent to Nicky Henderson. Now the race that he won in a toy is actually a very interesting one in which uh, a horse called Salvatore Mundi came second now Salvador Mundi hasn't yet run outside of France but uh, was also picked up by the Donnellys who clearly thought this race was was something pretty now trained by Willie Mullins now trained by Willie Mullins is a 14 to 1 shot despite having not run for Mullins for the triumph itself and I just think that they think this race was was something pretty special buying the first two home that day so I'm very happy to side with Sergino um it's not just that that French form. He's also backed it up with a, with a really good run at Kempton on on the twenty seventh, I think it was of December of last month. 
first run on English soil. Uh, he won cozily, and and the race itself has thrown up three winners and a placed runner from from um, from from just six runners uh, in terms of future form. So, I think I think the Sergino here could almost command favoritism come on on the day given Nicky's record in the race and given those those sort of other pointers there uh, I think this one at around 13 to 8 to, at the moment it is definitely the value here and really keen on him as I think you are Tris as well 100% I think I mean given given what the Donnellys did with State Man back in the county hurdle a couple of years ago and 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 what State Man's done since I think they really teed up these two to be proper hurdlers and if Sergina goes in here, then you've got to think that that price on Salvatore Mundi is going to be snapped up because Mullins is yeah. red hot and you've got to think that he's going to have a good shot in the triumph. Let's go to the 115 at Cheltenham, which is the Paddy Power Cheltenham Countdown Podcast Handicap Chase. Two and a half miles here. Il Rodoto is the favourite um, for Paul Nichols. Excello. Six to one, Victorino thirteen to two, Hitman fifteen to two, easy as that tens, Galore elevens, alongside Grand Adam. Um, let's get get stuck in here. We've got a few races to cover today. Uh, first, I'll go to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've got alignment here, have we not? Just on this one. I mean, well, I would give a, I would give a mention, obviously, to 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 El Rodoto, who was the winner of this race last year. There have been a couple of back-to-back winners uh, of this race and, and equally a, a, another dual winner of this race, though not in consecutive years. So El Rodoto would definitely have a good chance coming back here. He's had two good runs at, at Cheltenham so far this season. Um, the, the last day particularly, he was only a, a short head um, back in second. So he, he, he definitely has some good credentials here though i don't think the the handicap has necessarily been that lenient with him he's up 10 pounds from from his win in the race last year and um is going up in the weights currently this year so you know he's been running really admirably but whether whether he's well in here i i highly doubt though you could you could definitely see him winning i think and we're not we don't tend to do this but I think we're quite happy to take a punt here on on a horse that that's still relatively unknown, but has shown a has shown promise um, since coming over from France. Another one coming over from France that we like, and that's Victorino. Yeah, I I think I, I think Victorino the way that he's carried himself in those two two runs most recently had a run extra over hurdles uh, was was beaten quite far put away. And has come out both runs this year and shown himself to, to great effect. Beating two for gold, who we know is a great horse, uh, Eldorado Allen as well, in the Sodexo Gold Cup at Ascot. Um, followed up again at the same track in the, the Silver Cup, being the first five-year-old ever to win that race. And I think afterwards, Venetia Williams was reasonably bullish about this French recruit that she's got here, especially given that form in front of Fledgmatic in that last race. Fledgmatic was back in third in that that Ascot, the Silver Cup, and went on and won impressively actually at Kempton. I know you're a big fan of Fledgmatic, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just something about this horse which I I like. I think it's gutsy. 
I like the way he stays on. I guess the, the trip's the only doubt. He's, he's being pulled back slightly to two and a half here, having done both his wins the last time at three. But as we know with Cheltenham, um, you know, the, the, they can get going and, and kind of take each other on throughout the race. And I, I think if there's some pace in it, if that does happen, it could play into victory in his hands. And I expect Charlie Deutsch to, to ride him pretty cozy. And mm. um, yeah, I just have a feeling about Victorino here. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you say. And I think there could be a couple here to, to, to go out. Irodota would be one of them who, who'd want to who'd want to maybe try and make the running. So, so long as there's, there's that pace to aim at, I think Victorino could come in with a with a really storming run. And Venetia was obviously, as you mentioned, complimentary of this horse after uh, after that Ascot race. So, really, yeah, really, really interesting vibes. Uh, not one we tend to go for in terms of in terms of profile, but you know, always. Yeah, always and I, I, I think big props to her as well. She had the big win with Long Press at Lingfield, bringing him back from a, a nice ab- absence. So great to see that one in the running for the Gold Cup this year. We're going to need as many challenges as possible from this side of the, the Irish Sea. So hopefully Lon Press can have a good season ahead of him. Um, Victorino it is then in the one the 115. Let's move on to the 150, the Cotswold Chase. Really competitive field this. Great race to get stuck into. Stay away Faye, the Albert Bartlett winner last year. 3-1 to one favorite for Paul Nichols. Royal Pagai, 10-3. Loves the mud. Won at Haydock last time in the Betfair. Um, the real whacker nine to two is slightly disappointing for us in the the King George. Mm. Um, maybe can make amends this time. We'll see. Ahoy Senor's always been a favourite of mine, six to one. That's what Gino looked looked very strong last time at Newbury, and then Capadano, who stayed on from miles back behind Galapan de Chon and Jerry Colom. Um, interesting horse for Mullins, who is absolutely flying at the moment, and Paul Townend. 62 percent mm. i mean most people are happy to get 62 percent in their sort of a-level maths yeah not yeah, us because I would we're be. uh high no. flyers but <laughs> i would be happy to get 62 percent my level maths you didn't even do it that's what i mean so i'd have been pretty happy well yeah okay you're paul tannin for the night <laughs> nice um yes yeah definitely this is a, this is a good race in terms of the depth here um i definitely agree with that you got a couple in here the real whacker I liked him for the King George. I'd still probably like him here. Again, that Brown advisory form is, is just so great. Um, whether it was perhaps just a, a genius piece of riding versus, you know, he, he is that good. Um, it, it, it's perhaps maybe leaning more to the former than the latter at the moment. But that said, he's, he's very good. And Jerry Klom's a good yardstick. Um, Another horse that has form with Jerry Colom is Capadano, as you mentioned, the outside of this field. And I think when I referred back to it earlier in the podcast, this is definitely a Mullins runner that I think is hugely interesting that he wouldn't usually bring over, um, but 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 has this time round. And um, yeah, I, d- I don't actually know the last time there was, a, there was an Irish winner of this race, but Capadano is massively interesting, staying on in, in that Savile's chase behind Galapan de Champ, a resurgent Galapan de Champ, and, and obviously Jerry Colom as well. He, he was only a head behind um, Jerry Colom in third at, at huge odds, 80 to 1, which probably reflects the fact that he had a, he had a difficult season last season, very interrupted, only two runs coming later in the season, 
which finished with a tilt at the, at the Grand National. He was eventually pulled up. But this this horse was a good novice chaser. Um, he, he himself was fourth in a Brown advisory. Um, uh, behind Lon Press, I think, actually, um, perhaps. So uh, the horse of Venetia that we mentioned. So um, he's got that form. He's also a grade one winner as a, as a novice chaser um at, at punches town in the in the champion novice chase so he definitely has that talent factor um he's rated high enough and that that third was seriously re- seriously encouraging i can just see a horse like him storming up this cheltenham hill gold cup to distance um and it's worth remembering as well the Irish hold all the cards for the Gold Cup. This distance over the over the fences is theirs. Like, you, you know, you've got your Galapagos de Champs, you've got your fast or slow. Um, horses like Brave Man's Game have fallen off a cliff this year. Um, Long Press is probably one of the only ones that, that you're now thinking has got, you know, some sort of chance from from, from uh, this side of the Irish Sea. So he's just, he's, he's really interesting. And at eight to one seems a fascinating bet. Um, got a lot of respect for the other runners, though. Don't get me wrong. Stairway Faye's a lovely horse, maybe not quite rated where where she should be for for winning this. So I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. What, what do you think? Uh, well, you know, I I think Capadano is going to be interesting and definitely a nice price to be able to take that one on at Marlin's runner here. Um, but I quite like that's all right, Gino here. I think given the conditions, Jamie Snowden's in good form. He's had four winners. The last couple of weeks, um, I thought the way that he won the Coral Gold Cup was was really, really nice in front of some t- well-touted horses, both Marla Mission and Mongbeg Genius, who were really, really well fancied for that race. Uh, Mongbeg Genius, I think everyone got stuck into that form after how close he got to Coric Rambler at Cheltenham, who then went and won the Grand National. And that's all right, Gino, really put them away that day. Gavin Sheehan, a great ride from him. And I think... Yeah, I just think I think that's right. Gino's maybe going to have a uh, an interesting season this season. I think it's six to one. You're getting quite a good price here, and I think there's weaknesses around the others. Ahoy Senor, we know goes so well and jumps so well for ninety five percent of the race, but can just be undone. Mm. Um, the real whacker, I really like, but I think we need to see that good run this season to know that he's he's going to be back at his best. Um, and this new trip of, of three miles is is yet to kind of properly be proven, although did did beat Jerry Colom here last year. Um, Rob Pagai, I think, really likes soft ground, and he's not going to get soft ground here. I think that is, to see Royal Pagai at his best, beating these big horses, mm-hmm. you're going to need the, the mud. Yeah. And then Stairway he- Faye is, is, is still pretty pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's all right. Gino's a great price at sixes. Yeah. I, I also just just going back to Rob Pagai, I don't think like don't read too much into that Betfair Chase win. Uh, I mean, it's obviously a, a great result for the Venetia Williams team, but Brave Man's Game is not the horse that Brave Man's Game was last year. Um, not the horse that was um, sort of so dominant, you know, a King George winner and um, a second in the Gold Cup he's been beaten three times this year um so I, I don't think that form is what it maybe looks as though it is on paper um and i agree with the with the, the doubts that's why you know both of us are going for you know 
um, second last and last in the market as it currently stands. Yeah, fingers crossed we're able to get the winner there. Uh, let's let's move on to the 225 Clarence House, the rearranged Clarence House. I mean, John Bond, it just looks looks a cut above, really. I mean, you, you think back to the, the race when he was put to bed by Constitution Hill at Cheltenham back in 2022. But, I mean, over fences, this one just looks electric. No, mate, could, could complete, completely agree. I've said it before on this podcast, but I have tried to go against John Bond probably one too many times now, and I'm not going to get my fingers burnt again. Um, certainly not with this group. We've got a really weird sort of thing in here whereby Edith Jajit won this race last year when it was also run at Cheltenham <laughs> and rearranged to Cheltenham, which is a really real oddity. Um, as you say, Tress, it was a very good ride from from um, Niall Houlihan or Niall Horan. <laughs> Niall Horan. <laughs> uh, any of you One Direction fans out there? Um, but no, I mean, John Bond, John Bond looks a really classy horse. Um We've managed to see him a couple of times already this season, um, beating Edward Stone both both times. Um, and yeah, I mean he 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 should um, he, he should win again here. So no, I'll, I'll just I'll just be watching this race. Um, no huge upsets looking likely. Let's move on then to the three o'clock where we see the return of. A horse who we tried to take on last year at Cheltenham wrongly. I mean, she was just so impressive, Lossie's mouth. No, she really was. But sorry, I just I do want to caveat that because I don't think we were wrong to take her on. She she was shorter than Gala Merceau at the time and and remained shorter for, throughout the whole time. I think Gala Merceau had beaten her the time before that, and and it just wasn't right in my mind. And I I actually stand by that decision. I still don't think it was right. Lossie's mouth won, but. She shouldn't have necessarily been the price she was versus the price Gala Merceau was. From memory, Gala Merceau was around the three to one mark or something crazy like that. Whereas Lossie's mouth was still near enough evens, um, which just seems stupid. So I, I actually disagree with you. I think we were right, but Lossie's mouth still won. And that's just the way it is sometimes. Um, on this occasion, I do think Lossie's mouth will win. Um, I keep wearing Lossie's mouth. I think everyone does. Yeah, Lossie. Lossie mouth. Anyway, maybe it's Lossimuth. Lossimuth, I don't know what it means. Um, anyway, I mean she's she she's really good actually. So, you know, you got a couple in here, Love Envoy, who um is definitely decent. I mean these these horses just. I've always thought bit, Love Envoy was would prefer the mud. Yeah, I agree. I, I think these horses are a bit like they're a bit meh. <laughs> yeah, but you say that. I do think that Guard Your Dreams is interesting, and I know that most people are going to think I'm a bit of an idiot for saying this, but. Nigel Twiston Davis won this race, I think, five times since 2009. And it's just really interesting seeing this one. A previous winner of the race won it back in 2021. He's pitched in for his return, first run since April 2022. So almost two years. And I just, I, I would be very surprised if they weren't coming here with the expectation of having a fighting chance. Guard Your Dreams, before the the big break, that race, the, the Aintree Hurdle, um, was running a big race. Beaten in the end, uh, unseated the, the rider that day. But I, I, I think, you know, would have gone reasonably close. And actually, the form before that is like proper, proper hurdling form. 
33 to 1 here. I think you're getting a, an interesting price for a horse that's been off the track for two years. Um, a previous win of the race. I, I just think that the Twist and Davies would not put him in here if they didn't want to win. They, they'd give him a, a trial run. And I just, Lossy Mouth, I think, is going to have everything uh, that, that, you know, all the pressure on all the bookies, all the, all the punters will be piling into Lossy Mouth. And I, I could see you getting a nice price about Guard Your Dreams, um, maybe a top two bet. And who knows? You know, it's Cheltenham. Let's move on then to the final race that we're going to be looking at today, the Cleve Hurdle at 3.35, three miles in front of them for this. And it is really the... It, I mean, these guys have, have basically been running against each other for the last five years, Paisley Park champ and... Dashel Drasher and it it's kind of a case of whose day is it whose conditions are who, yeah. whose conditions uh, are in favour for the horse um, which trainers inform which jockeys inform and I mean with this today I, I almost think about going a little bit a little bit outside the, the box with this one it's almost boring to go for Paisley Park Dashel Drasher or <laughs> Champ I think I would probably side for Dashel Drasher here if I had to I think you know the the 12 year olds have not won this race um in, in recent years and I, I I'll take a chance on on Botox Ha I think um another one who ran in that race at Ascot in the in the long walk I think Botox Ha has always been a, a good horse and Gary Moore's had some good form recently one of the track before and yeah like it, it, it it's so difficult this stain division um, um it, 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 i completely agree it's impossible like you know they will beat each other frankly and, and you look at that long walk so and like it's the like, five furlong sprinters yeah it's like that yeah but just the opposite. More opposite yeah um yeah it is it's a really really weird division whereby you know and not even just yeah they they all switch around placings as well it's just like every result is different um you know crambo was probably that cut above in the long walk and, and maybe just just better than than these guys who sort of slog it out um but yeah i i I'd maybe tentatively side with with dash or drasher just because of that good cheltenham form last year um he had three thirds at Cheltenham last year including in the in the stairs hurdle behind um behind side of Burley at a big price so yeah he he he'd be interesting but it's really really difficult to find this um with the winner in this division on any given day and and it's no different I guess you know you, you that reflects in the price but yeah tentative nod for for Dash or Drasher why not I guess the the one other one in the race which is potentially interesting uh, is strong leader for for ollie murphy who's who's been in reasonably good form recently um by the same sire as dash or drasher in passing glance and had some good form closing out last season was ninth in the in the supreme and then second in the novice hurdle at aintree behind in the pocket in front of lucia that day who i think is is a, is a good mare um in the pocket is definitely is definitely top class grade one winner last year um was second behind Fasol Vega last time so 
I think that strong lead is interesting. It's the step up in trip, which yeah. is which is the unknown. Yeah. But you know, there's 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 clearly some stamina there, and um, yeah, that that's the only other kind of angle for a youngster I could I could see. But I mean, I've pretty much tipped up every horse in the race now. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> um, what a weird note to to end end the podcast on. I am looking forward to watching the racing in our new house again. It's been great to record the first episode of the the year here. Um, any closing remarks? Hmm. No. Great. Well, I'm very excited. Let's make sure there's lots of winners. Come on, guard your dreams. Let's get a winner for Nige. Uh, and with that, it's a goodbye from me, Tris. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie. Goodbye. <laughs>